Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. Well, if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes, and we find our way into chapter number 12. The book of Ecclesiastes and chapter number 12. We've been in the book of Ecclesiastes for a while now and understanding that King Solomon is writing this towards the end of his life. The last 10, 15 years of his life, he has been away from the Lord. And now he's taken an honest look back. And he's starting to come in these last chapters to the conclusion of the matter. What is the conclusion of his observation of life lived without regard to God? What is the advice that he is going to give to anyone and everyone about life and how to make the most out of life? Notice as we find our way to the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 12. The book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 12, and notice with me if you don't mind, as we start getting to a very poetical segment here as he's wrapping things up, Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse number 1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun, or the light, or the moon, or the stars cannot be darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few, those that look out of the windows be darkened and the door shall be shut in the streets when the sound of grinding is low and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird and all the daughters of music shall be brought low and when they shall be afraid of that which is high and the fear shall be in the way and the almond tree shall flourish and the grasshopper shall be bear, uh, be a burden and desire shall fail because man goeth to his long home and the mourners go about the streets or ever the silver cord be loosed or the golden bowl be broken or the pitcher be broken at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern. And when we see this, we're going to see a very poetical way of explaining here the day of our departure. The day of our departure. The ending of the book of Ecclesiastes makes us think about our day of departure. The older that you get, the more that you start to realize that the end is nearer than what you think. And you start thinking about eternal things. You start thinking about what happens when I die. When you're young and full of energy and have a future that's very bright, you don't think about those things that often. But as you get older and older and start having things happen to your body and to your mind, to your eyesight and to your ears, you begin to think about eternal things a whole lot more. We understand that if Christ does not come back soon, we are all going to die. Every single one of us have an appointment with death. It is appointed unto men once to die, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews 
Every one of us have an appointment with death. Now all of us want to live as long as we possibly can. And people are living longer and longer than any other time in history. I was uh, reading a statistic that right now we have over 24,000 people who are over 100 years old now. That's a lot. As a, people are living longer and longer all the time. We are living in a more aging society where people and, uh, are living longer because of the different health benefits, because of things that are available, that with it, we see more and more of the lasting effects that our bodies go through. But yet, no matter what life-extending techniques and things that we develop and medicines, we still have an appointment with death. And we need to make sure that that appointment is going to be met. That we know for sure that if we were to die today, that we would be going to heaven. That our sins will be forgiven. And that we'd be able to face the judge and have all of our sins taken care of. The Lord desires for us to think about our day of departure and that we're going to live for him eternally. If you don't mind, as we go through Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and these first several verses, let's look at some things here that reminds us and prepares us for our day of departure. First of all, we see the potential of the present. The potential of the present. Notice if you don't mind in verse number one, chapter 12, verse number one. Remember now the creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. What it is speaking about is that we need to use the time that we have now wisely. When we keep procrastinating and we'll do it tomorrow, we'll do it tomorrow, we'll do it tomorrow, you get to the place where it's too hard to do it. Your body's not capable. Um, <laughs> I was talking to someone that I'm at a place where they're finally repairing my back and I have a small little window that I need to use to get my strength back or I'm never going to get it back. I have to use it wisely, have to use that potential. And we all <laughs> get to the place where I need to take care of myself but not today, I need a cheeseburger. I need to take care of myself, but I think I'm going to sleep late today. I need to take care of myself. And we keep putting it off and put it off till the place where we're no longer able to do it. We've missed that window. People do that with the Lord. I need to use, serve the Lord. I plan on serving the Lord one day, one day, one day. Then you can get to the place where you no longer have the strength or the mental capacity to effectively serve the Lord. We have a window and we need to use it wisely now. We need to use it while we still have life and health and strength because our bodies are going to deteriorate. For those who are young people, let me give you something you may not consider. One day you're going to get old. One day your body will not function the way that you expected it to. One day you're going to wake up out of bed and you're going to go, what in the world just happened? And you're going to wonder, where these aches come from? Where these pains come from? How come my knees never hurt? Now they're aching. What happened? Well, welcome to getting old. You're not going to have your nice, perfect, youthful body that forever and ever. There's a growing old stage. You need to use your todays wisely. You need to use the potential in the present to enjoy life and live it for the Lord. Because death 
and disease are coming. Now, Solomon is trying to give a warning. For those of us who are older, sometimes we look at the younger people and look at the foolish decisions they make. And we almost want to shake them and say, listen to me. I'm trying to help you. Use it wisely. Stop wasting it. Why is that so important to us? Because we know how fragile we are. And we know that our opportunity, don't waste your life. Use it wisely. Solomon is trying to get this across. Use the time that we have now. Don't put it off. Don't squander it. Don't keep saying, I'll do it later. Stop procrastinating. Use it wisely now. Which brings us to a poetical stage here, the passing of our years. Now, nowhere in literature will you find an allegory on aging that can compare to what is given to us here in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. What happens is it gives a description after description after description to explain what does it look like to get old. Now, for those of us who are getting older, you'll recognize these descriptions. For those of you who are not old, here's something to look forward to. Here, it's doing it in a poetical type way. Notice if you don't mind, let's walk through here and see the description of getting old. Notice in verse number three, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. The keepers of the house. This is a poetical saying of the keepers of the house is dealing with our arms, the strength that we have. All right. So let's just play along with me. Okay. Everyone put your arms out. Okay. Now, for young people, you say, I could do this forever. But you know what will happen? The older people are going to start trembling first. Oh, there's a couple of you already starting to waver. <laughs> you know, the keepers of the house, they're going to start to tremble. You're not going to have the strength to do this. Now, some of the young people say, I could do this all day. Some of the older people are already starting to feel it and say, nope, I'm not going, nope. Got to be strong. No, come on. Oh, Mr. Nick, come on. You're younger than the rest of us. Come on. Oh. You put your arms down. But you know, there's going to be a time where even doing that is going to be difficult. Ever see someone with a cup of coffee trying to drink it and trying not to spill it all over the place? And it's not because of the caffeine. We get to the place where our arms are no longer stable. They get to the place where you get the trembles. You lose your strength. Uh, we were joking earlier in the office in the men's uh, prayer meeting is that sometimes you feel like your muscles, instead of going up, they hang down like the Looney Tunes. Your arms no longer have the strength. The keepers of the house are no longer strong anymore. They tremble. Notice as it goes on, it gives more poetical thing here. It says, in the days where the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves. The strong men speaks of our legs. And as we get older, our legs get weaker and weaker. They're no longer able to support ourselves as we'd like to and much less carrying things. Our legs become less stable. Our legs become weaker and weaker. We start to walk more of a limp. We start to walk as because our legs, we're just trying to get them to function. And later on, maybe some of the lucky people will get the walkers and you have to get there because your legs won't support your weight holding you up anymore. That's just part of getting older is that your body is no longer able to do the young things. 
uh, <laughs> nothing like having a young person who's just says, I erase anybody. And, you know, they try to go race all the old people and the old people are trying and they're so happy that they were able to. You know, there was one time when that old person was young and they could run. But now, <laughs> just because of age, they no longer have that strength. They're no longer as fast as the flash anymore. You remember when you were a kid and you got brand new t- tennis shoes and you imagine your tennis shoes are going to help you run faster. You know, and, and you had that strength and you had that mobility. And now most of us are like, I don't even think about running. I'm just trying to move. That's just part of getting older is that those strong men are no longer as strong anymore. They're no longer the pillars that hold up the rest of your body. Notice as it goes on. Some of you could relate to this in verse 4. It says in the door, (laughs) verse number 3 rather, and the day of the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because they are few. That (laughs) you get to the place where unless you've got some dental work done, the grinders start falling out. They no longer stay in there. And now you don't get to enjoy the meals that you used to unless you get the dental work. Praise the Lord that we live in a modern age. But it's hard to gum a steak. It's hard to, you know, everything has to start being mashed potatoes now just to get them through because without all of the teeth in there, you're not going to be able to chew your food as well. And that's part of getting older as the teeth start falling out. The teeth's no longer as strong. The teeth start cracking and you start having issues with it. And even the things you used to enjoy as a young person when you could eat anything and young people eating rocks just to prove that they can. And the older people are just trying to find something that doesn't hurt. I just part, again, all this is is giving a picture in your mind of what does it look like to get old. We're, older people are relating to this. We're understanding the younger people are like, ha ha, that's funny. Yeah, until it happens to you and it will happen to you unless the Lord comes. This is what you get to look forward to. That you no longer have strength in your arms. Your legs are no longer able to support your weight. That your grinders are coming loose and you don't get to eat like you should. Notice as it goes on, it describes some more. Verse number three, and the days where the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because they're few and those that look out the windows be darkened. Here it's speaking about our eyes, these windows, and they become darkened. You don't see as well. You start having more and more vision problems. Again, thankful that we live in a modern time where we could get glasses, bifocals, trifocals and everything you need. The older you get, the worse your eyes are. I've been trying to avoid bifocals. They've been getting me a good prescription for my glasses. And just the other day, I was reading something that was normal. And I was going, oh, man, this hurts. Oh, I'm going to have to give up and get those bifocals. My eyes are just getting worse and worse. More and more we're suffering through. When you thought you had eagle vision. Um, I grew up from a hunting family. It is amazing what a hunter can see. From all over the place. They could spot the other, they can't find ketchup in the refrigerator, but they could spot that deer out there. Now I'm getting to the place where I'm driving and someone says, There's a deer out there, and I'm pretending, yeah, that's yeah, it looks nice. 
we get to the place where we have vision problems. I always marvel at the police officers who could see a plate and run it just by running past. And I'm like, I didn't even see what color it was. Our eyes begin to fail us and <laughs> they become weaker. It becomes less dependable. And the things that we, unless we have some medical marvel like glasses and prescriptions, it gets harder and harder to read, to look at things, and they'll eventually fail us. The windows become darkened. Sounds like a wonderful thing to look be old. It's a very clear description of being old. We could relate to it. Notice if you don't mind, it goes on and gives more descriptions. Verse number four. And the doors shall be shut in the street. Now, this here. Uh, may not easily relate to Western culture, but when it's talking about the doors here, uh, be shut in the streets, most people believe it's referring to the idea of hearing, that your hearing starts to go away. Now, it's a blessing and a curse. I was at a meeting the other day. They were talking about having their grandson run around the house and that he can't be still and he's bouncing everywhere and making so much noise. And they say, one of the great things, I just turn off my hearing aid and it's fine with me. He makes as much noise as he wants. I can't hear it. But you start to lose your hearing. Old people going, what? What? Until finally they get tired of saying what, and they just nod their head and smile and just pretend. What's the answer to that? (laughs) You start losing your hearing. You're not uh, paying attention or able to hear what it is. And you get embarrassed because people are speaking to you and you don't know what they're saying and you don't want to just say repeat it again because you've already asked five times. <laughs> it's tough getting old because things start to deteriorate. Things start falling apart. Things no longer new and approved. When you were a kid, you had eagle hearing and you could hear everything. You could hear at a busy uh, playground, someone saying your name quietly across the, the whole thing and you knew where to go. And now in a big crowd, we're like lucky if we could hear just the noise blending together. Our hearing is failing. Our bodies are failing. Something to look forward to. It's part of getting old. Notice as it goes on in verse number four. And the door shall be shut in the street. When the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird. You know what we find out? Is that one of the indicators of old age you no longer sleep well. That when you're young, you could sleep through anything. Hurricane, uh, traffic accident. I mean, they sleep through anything. My son is the master of like a couple minute nap. You let from our house to church, he can get a full nap in and feel rested afterwards, or at least he looks rested. I mean, just sleep and no matter what, you know, it takes for a while. Uh, Serena, has the ability to lay down in her bed in two minutes, gone. You try to say her name and no, no consciousness whatsoever. But when you get older, you wake up at little things now. The things you can't hear during the day are now waking you up at night. And you find yourself waking up over and over. And finally at three o'clock in the morning, you can't sleep anymore. I mean, it's old folks have some of the weirdest hours. Because they're up, might as well go do something. That's why they go eat supper at two o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) Uh, As you get older, 
The sleep doesn't come as readily. You wake up over little tiny sounds and little inconveniences and now you're up, up. That's why so many, you know, modern technology, so many people just fall asleep to the TV now just to kind of, it's amazing. I remember when I was a little kid, I would watch my grandfather and we'd wait till he starts snoring and we turn the channel. And as soon as we turn the channel, I was watching that. <laughs> you were snoring. <laughs> I was watching that. Just little tiny things wake you up now. And, <laughs> and you have to do something to try to keep yourself asleep, keep yourself resting. And it's just an issue. It's Part of getting old, something to look forward to young people is your bodies will fail you. Your sleep will fail you. Sleep will become more and more precious because it's rarer and rarer. Notice as it goes on in verse number four, and the doors <laughs> shall be shut when the sound of the grinding is low and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. <laughs> in verse number five, and when they shall be afraid of that which is high and fears shall be in the way. Here it's talking about that as you get older, there becomes more of a fear of heights. You know, as a young person, you could climb any tree, you climb inside of the building, you thought you were Spider-Man and you could do whatever. You could, uh, you could get uh, blankets and try to parachute off. Um, if you don't mind, I don't tell too many stupid stories about myself, but I, when I was a kid, my dad owned an auto salvage yard and his job was to take broken down cars and fix them up. So we were cars all over the place uh, in the auto salvage yard. And we also had a broken down trailer that we used as kind of a storage for parts and whatever else. And my parents were gone out of town. Um, uh, the nearest town was an hour away. So they were going shopping and they left us with freedom. And my brother and I had the greatest idea we're going to jump on top of the trailer into one of the top of the cars. We don't want to damage the car, so we're going to put a nice uh, mattress on top of it so we have somewhere to land. You know, and we always try to be inventive because we didn't know how, like, aerodynamics work. So, you know, you take your blanket and you think that you can make a parachute out of it. And so, you know, we did our best all day to try to get a parachute. And we would jump off the trailer and try to sail down and, you know, hoping that it would catch up and just keep landing. And, but we're landing on the mattress. So, you know, it's not hurting us and it's not hurting the car. Until parents are driving up. All right, let's move the mattress. And the car that my dad was trying to restore has the top of the, uh, top of the hood, not the hood, but top of the car. It all dented in <laughs> from repeated jumping offs. You know, when you were young and stupid, that was no big deal to go ahead and climb up a tree. Zeb, when he was young, he could walk up a standard basketball pole, just climb up. I mean, he, we used to call him a little monkey. He could climb a palm tree to the very top. No handholds, no branches, just, just straight up. You know, and everyone's all impressed. You know, and when we were young, we climbed everything, especially for those who grew, of us who grew up in the country when we didn't have modern technology. You know, we went outside and played. We climbed everything. And now today, as older people, we're like, Nope. It becomes a fear of heights. And it may not because we have a vertigo, it's just because we're afraid of falling now and we don't get back up as quickly. <laughs> we're not getting on top of the house, you know, unless I've got a full safety harness. You know, we, we get to the place where, nope, it's not going to happen. 
you, you climb a ladder and you're doing your best to brace it. I got to climb the ladder. It's got to be done. But, <laughs> you know, as a young person, you're like, I can do it with one hand and acrobats off the ladder. There becomes a fear of heights and some of it's self-preservation rather than um, a phobia. We understand there's a difference. It's not that I'm, a f- you know, deathly afraid. It's the idea I don't want to fall off this stupid thing because I don't recover as well. There becomes a natural fear of heights. I'm, you know, get a chair to go to a stool. When I was younger, I'd take, you know, the chair with wheels. No problem. Yeah. Now we're getting something that's going to be braced down and one step at a time. Can I? Nope. Okay. You guys relate to this, right? We develop this, this natural fear of heights because of the fall, even if it's a small fall. I mean, some of us are so broken now that we fall off a curb and we can hurt ourselves. I mean, the fear of heights becomes a very real danger to us. But as young people, no problem whatsoever. I climb anything, jump up, no problem. One of our favorite, never mind, I won't tell that story. We got pictures though, right, Zeb and Max, of a Christmas <laughs> Good. It was a Thanksgiving. Max and Zeb were working in our, in our attic and Zeb missed the wrong spot and fell through onto the bar with our tur- turkey dinner and stuff. It was great. Had pictures of the big hole. And we laughed. It was a great time. Good time. Good. <laughs> and he went back and did it again. It was fine. You know, like, young people, you don't care. I'll, I fell. Let's do it again. I mean, was you young and stupid like me too? I'm, yeah, not anymore. That's why I got Max for, I don't have to go on the. Good. Notice as we get more, it says, and there's fear shall be in the way. We become much more conscious about safety the older we get. Um, You remember when you were young and stupid and you had a car and you could drive fast and not care? And the older you get, the slower you go and more cautious about your turns and making sure that the yahoos are clear around you before you go forward. You're a lot more conscious about safety. You know, as an adult, you find yourself lecturing on the kids. And the kids don't care about the safety. Just let me go. No, make sure you do this. Buckle your seatbelt. Do this. Kids like, I know all this. Just no. (laughs) They're not as concerned for safety. They don't care. They're invincible. They're going to live forever. The rest of us are very cautious about the things we have. We develop the fears and safeties because we're trying to protect ourselves and others. Notice as it goes on in verse number five. And they shall be afraid of that which is high and fear shall be in the way and the almond tree shall flourish. Now, once again, we're not familiar with an almond tree, but when an almond tree uh, is fruit bearing, it turns into a silvery color. Very beautiful an almond tree is. And a great picture of the graying of the hair. The the older that you get, now again, modern technology, some of you don't show how old you are. (laughs) But the graying of the hair, uh, it starts to come out and starts to show. And that's part of that aging process, this graying of the hair, just kind of like an almond tree. So if you ever needed to feel better about yourself, say, I'm just like an almond tree in bloom. I'm beautiful. I'm gorgeous. See, <laughs> Notice as it continues to go on and it says the grasshopper shall be a burden and his desire shall fail because a man goeth to his long home and the mourners go about 
in the street. Now, this is something we don't have in our Western modern culture. But in the ancient world, when someone would die, they would actually hire mourners whose job would be to cry at a funeral out loud, mourn for a funeral. And so funerals were very loud affairs, people crying and mourning, they would be hired. And when someone was near to death, the mourners would all be outside. It's kind of like Ubers now outside of an airport or outside of a football game. They're just all prepared and ready to go. So when someone was getting ready to die, the mourners would be all out in the street ready to be hired. And if you saw mourners collecting out there, you knew someone was pretty close to death. I mean, today we have ambulances and you hear the ambulances and look across the street and all something wants to happen. They had mourners that were prepared, ready to be hired if someone was to die so they could start their professional crying and mourning out loud. Nothing like being announcing to death when you're getting ready to die and you hear the people warming up outside. Is it my time? Is it the neighbor? Please let it be the neighbor. They're all gathering together like vultures ready for me to go. These stages of aging, you start to feel it in your body. You start to have it in your surroundings. You start to see how you think is differently. Your fears are different now than when you were a kid. All of it is saying that when you get older, your body is not going to be as strong, as reliable. Your mind, your sight, your ears are not going to be strong and reliable. The conclusion is, is that you need to use your time wisely when you're young and use the life and health that you strength while you can, because there will be a time where you will no longer be able to do the things that you wanted to do. For example, most of you... (laughs) If God was to say, I'm looking for missionaries to go up to the mountains where there's no vehicle traffic, you're going to have to climb to get to the villages. Well, that eliminates most of us. Yeah, I'm not going to climb mountains as much as I'd like to go be a missionary. No, I'm not. No, you're not really looking forward to be a missionary that you have to go to the people in the inners of the uh, Brazilian Um, Amazon and middle of the jungle to go reach a tribe that had never seen the light of day. And you have to go hack your way through it and face all the snakes and the, and the lizards and the spiders. And you're like, nope, nope. That's young people. That's a young person game. We need young people to go serve the Lord. We need young people who are willing to go do those adventures and go spend their life because we're at the place where we're not able to have the life and health and strength to do those things anymore. When people say, well, I'll serve God later, I'll serve God later. You're getting to the place where you're not going to be able to serve God in the capacity he wanted to serve you to serve because you don't have the physical ability. It's not because the want to is not there. It's because the ability is not there. Use serve God while you have a time. Now, we're not saying that old people are exempt. Remember, Moses was 80 years old when God called him to go lead Israel out of Egypt. God uses older folks. We just know that there's more limitations. Notice it was not Moses leading the army to fight the Ammonites. He sent the young preacher boy, Joshua, you go take care of this. I'm going to sit in this mountain. And remember, his arms started trembling so much that they had to have people hold up his arms. He's 80-something years old. Yes, 
He's older. He can't do those things. He can't go fight the battles. He could still do some things. We all know that our limitations become more and more. Serve God while you have life and strength. Now, again, serve God while you have life and strength, even if you have are older now because you're still going to get older and you're going to have less and less capacity to do it later. Serve God. Now is the point. It's the idea. Which brings us to the third thing here, the preparation for eternity. Preparation for eternity. Notice with me in verse number six. Again, speaking poetical language, it says, or the silver cord be loosed or the golden a bowl be broken or the pitcher be broken at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern. All of these are dealing with uh, a poetical way of saying that your life is shattered. The uh, ancient world, a lot of people believed that there was a silver cord connecting your body with eternity. And once that cord was cut, your life was done here and you were brought to eternity that silver cord. These other things talking about the broken, it's talking about our life force. Remember a cistern was a place where you had water. If a cistern's broken, it doesn't hold water. There's no life in it. All of these are pictures that one day death is coming. You need to be prepared for eternity now. Are you 100% sure if something was to happen? Are you without a doubt, no, without a doubt that you're your sins are forgiven. This isn't something you play with or hope or, you know, I, I think so. I, I did or had a religious experience. No. Can you show me from the Bible? Can you open the Bible and say, I know without a doubt I'm forgiven of my sins because of what the Bible says here. You need to know and need to know clearly. Don't hope or guess or think. You need to know because one day your life is over. You need to prepare for eternity now. You need to get this settled. We need to not only prepare for eternity, but we know that we're going to have to face him one day. God has a perfect plan for every person's life. You need to use it now while you have the opportunity. Realize the potential of the present and that your years are going to pass by quickly. One of the things all of us older people talk about is that time goes faster and faster and faster the older you get. When you're young, it feels like one year is forever. When you're older, one year is like, what just happened? I was thinking today of analogy just for myself that I feel like I'm trying to press on the brakes and someone cut the brakes. It's just speeding by and no matter what I'm doing, it's just going faster and faster. Now, why, why you think that you have lots of time? Use it. Because you're going to blink and a couple of weeks just passed by and said, I just, would just, I, that time is going to be very fleeting and it goes faster and faster and faster. Young people, including me, when you're told that you never believed it, but it will be true. The older you get, the faster times go for us. One year, no problem. We can wait a year. I mean, because a year is nothing now. When you tell an eight year old well, next year, they're like, how am I going to survive that long? That is such a long time away. And the faster that time goes, the more that is spent and the less that you have left. Use your time wisely. Give your life to the Lord. Use it now while you have that opportunity. 
Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.